0: Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome
1: to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleifel, and we are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is the key elements you need to be successful with DTC Facebook ads. This week's guest previously built a seven figure agency and consulted many seven and eight figured direct to consumer brands on their marketing strategy. Knowing what it takes to implement complex paid social campaigns at scale, He is currently the CEO of Alpha Inbound. A big welcome to Nigel Thomas. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us today. No
2: problem. I'm glad to be here. and Hopefully, I can share a few insights to the audience and talk about that age-old Facebook advertising. We like to have fun. I know there's a lot of brands that have struggled over the last couple of years. A lot of things have changed but guess what? Facebook ads certainly is not dead. And there's a hell of a lot of opportunity. It's just the game has changed somewhat.
1: Great. Well, we're excited to have you. Now, let's start with on your website, you have a great big bold. It says stop thinking about ROAS ROAS, and, yep. and start thinking about revenue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that it goes a bit against the grain of common thought because... A lot of, of marketers really concentrate on, on the profitability, on the ROAS. Yep. So why don't we start there? Why do you believe that online advertising needs to focus on revenue more than on ROAS?
2: Yeah. So first of all, where does ROAS come from? That is a, a metric that that's for Facebook. And Facebook are incentivized. To get you to advertise and spend more money because that's their business model so obviously they want to indoctrinate you into thinking about Roas because that helps their company right okay now that doesn't map up to your revenue now i'm going to show you with an example so let's say that you're a supplement brand and you're selling a product you're using different channels Facebook is one of them. Now, Meta Facebook, we'll just call it Facebook, but I'm talking about Facebook and Instagram advertising. It's on the same platform. So John is scrolling on his phone, and he's on Instagram hanging out with some friends, and he sees one of your supplement ads. So it gets his attention, And, you know, he's thinking, wow, this could really change my life. You know, John's a bit of a a health freak. So he's really into buying supplements. He's like, yeah, this has really got my attention. Then just as about he's going to click onto the ad and go to your website, his phone rings. And it's his mum. It's his grandma's birthday tomorrow. He needs to go and buy her a present. Okay. So two weeks later, John remembers about this ad. He goes into Google. He searches your product. He goes to the website. And He's about to go and place the order. You know, he's having a looking around. He's checking the reviews. He's understanding if it's right for him. And just about as he's going to make that order, his phone rings again. He's got a really important business meeting, so he has to go. Another two weeks goes by, and now John is on TikTok. He likes to use a lot of different social media platforms, Andy. And he sees another one of your ads. This time, it's a testimonial from a customer saying how it's transformed their life. This time, there's no stopping John. He puts his phone on silent. He goes through to your website and he buys not just one, but five, you know, things of the product. Because he's, you know, he's so indoctrinated at this point. Now, we've got to look at the attribution. So we've got TikTok, we've got Google, we've got Facebook. Now, if we were just to look at the ROAS from each channel, the smart money would be to put all of our money back into TikTok, right? Because that's what where John came from. But that's not what the customer did. Because if we cut out Facebook, we cut out Google, now we've cut out the customer journey and the discovery channels. And that's why... Looking at single channel attribution is, it, it just it doesn't work anymore because the customers are using all of these different platforms. And the customer journey is they want to be educated, they want to understand your products. And if they don't buy on impulse, which, by the way, some people do, especially if it's a higher product, in this case, if it's $50, $100, they're going to be hopping around these different platforms. So what we like to do, and the North Star of how we look at advertising, instead of single channel attribution ROAS, is a blended ROAS across all of the channels. So all of your marketing dollars in, and all of your revenue out. And this North Star, some people call it MER, which is marketing marketing efficiency ratio, but it's essentially just blended ROAS across all the different channels. This is in line with what your customers are actually doing instead of what the platforms and how they're
1: incentivized. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a last click attribution, but let me, are the problems with the last click attribution. Yes. But what, I mean, how do you, if you're doing this, let's say you're you're advertising on four or five or six different marketing channels. How do you uh, tell which one's a dog, which one's not working? Well, it depends
2: how much data you've got. Because honestly, the most reliable is first-party data. So actually getting feedback from your customers. So you can have surveys on your website, you know, your customer support team. If you're using a platform, let's say in Shopify, using something like Gorgeous, you can have questions set up in there. But obviously, if you haven't got any traffic, it's a lot harder to do that. So... I just want to make it pretty clear. We still look at single channel attribution. It's just not the North Star. Like Obviously, we still need to have some sort of return on those platforms and be looking at different metrics like cost per click and okay. CTR and everything. It's just you're, not the you're North just, Star. You're just not
1: taking it as the end-all, be-all. It's not the North Star. Got it. Yeah. Now, you have quite a bit of experience working with direct-to-consumer brands. In fact, yep. I think I read on your bio... You had spent over a hundred million dollars. What type of ads have you found typically perform best for a direct-to-consumer brand? I mean, over the course of the last six years, it's changed a lot. But
2: right now, with the rise of obviously TikTok and these kind of platforms, you know, the competition for content has become a lot more fierce. So User generated content tends to be the best performing, but it really depends on the channel and it really depends on the product. For example, it's going to be harder to have user generated content around a sofa compared to a, right. su- a supplement product that maybe is for your pet. And that is obviously a lot easier to advertise on something like Facebook because it's about how the customers are using these platforms. You know, people don't go, people don't think about this, Andy, but people don't go on to Facebook and Instagram to buy products. They go on there to socialize because it's social media and you have to interrupt them with an ad that doesn't look like an ad. It looks like an organic post to get their attention
1: to click to your website. How or what are some of the best practices to try to gather some of that user-based content? speak to your customers
2: more so if you have first party data the best place to start is to comb through your customer reviews and then what you want to do is segment them out into the the objections you know the biggest pain points that your customers have you want to look at the stories You know, when someone authentically talks about how this product has changed their life, there's golden pieces of information in there. And by the way, you can also use Amazon if that's, you know, one of your best selling platforms. And then the other thing is, and this is the most important, the language. You know, if I was to talk to founder of direct-to-consumer brand, Andy, I'd be saying things like, you know, conversion rate, CRO, you know CPA, all these kind of acronyms they they use, and they understand that. Now, for someone who's got a pet, they probably use a very specific kind of language, and these are the these are the ways that if you include this in the ad copy, you include this in the creative, that's how you get the outsized returns and you make the most of every single advertising dollar spent. And the problem is, is that in this space. Obviously, a lot of these ads are getting run by marketing agencies and the barrier to running a marketing agency is a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. Now, resourcing is the biggest heel of a marketing agency. I know i built three of them. So what tends to happen is these marketing agencies, so they don't have to spend much on hiring people or they hire cheap. They basically just copy what everyone else is doing. They skip all of that customer research process. And this might work But the thing is, is because they copied someone else, they copied another brand in the space, when things go wrong and that strategy doesn't work anymore, because they haven't got the foundation of the customer research, now they can't fix it. But if you have all of the pain points, all the objections, all of the language that your customer uses, you can keep making tests and iterations on that because the base of it, the inputs into your system are really
1: high quality. There's a, a lot of great stuff in there. What, you know, talking about Facebook ads, yeah. what are some of the biggest mistakes that you find that people commonly make besides besides copying others' ads, <laughs> um, not doing customer research? But but what are some of the other mistakes
2: that- They don't spend don't enough mind? money.
1: Don't they spend have, enough money. Yeah, they have
2: unrealistic expectations of how much it takes to get results and also unrealistic expectations of the returns they can get. Now, I put a post about this on LinkedIn today and I said I was going to piss off quite a few marketers because the the advice that's given in the space, Andy, is all back to front and I'll tell you why. So all of these platforms, they're auction systems. So in an auction, as we know, the highest bidder wins. So everyone wants a higher ROAS and they want a lower cost per acquisition. But in reality, the best way to go is to spend more to acquire customers. Now, how do you do that? Obviously, you've got to look at the back-end economics of your business. So if you have a higher lifetime value and you have more customers that are returning and you have higher profit margins, then you can spend more to acquire a customer because no matter how good... Your content is, if you can spend three times more on your competition to acquire customers, you're going to win with raw economics. Now, for a bootstrap brand, they might not have the capital, the cash, or they're not venture back to be able to do this. So how do you compete with the Goliaths in your industry? Well, if you have fantastic customer service and word-of-mouth marketing, you need to think that for every one customer you're purchasing from Facebook, they're going to tell three others. So I was speaking to a brand the other day that had fantastic customer returning rates. And Mm -hmm. I was so excited to speak to Mandy thinking, what's the hack? What's the technology? What's the secret they're using here? And it wasn't anything that I expected, but by the way, it was so much better with every single order they were sending out. Not only were they writing handwritten notes, they were also including a picture of the person packing that product and a reason why they love the company now the result of this, yeah the result of this is the customers that received those products organically posted about the brand on their own social media profiles which meant that for every single customer they were buying they were getting four more so now when they go back into that auction system the CPA target isn't actually for one customer. It's for four or five because obviously they've got that word of mouth marketing. And that's how brands need to think. Instead of thinking, how can I get cheaper traffic? How can I reverse my unit economics so I can spend more to acquire customers? Because even if you've got a really cheap customer acquisition cost, long-term the cost of advertising is only going in one direction. It's going up. So that means that even if you've got cheap customer acquisition costs now and it works your economics, it won't work in a few years' time. So the way to combat this is to start thinking about how can I get, you know, customers to speak about my product through great products, through great customer service, and then I can, for every one, get four more and spend more to acquire customers. That, honestly, what I just said there, that's the biggest thing by far. Like any hack, mark, like tactic we're going to speak about today, that, just focus on that. Because investors, they the biggest thing they look at is the lifetime value to cap ratio. You know, how much a customer spends your business over the lifetime compared to how much you can afford to spend to acquire them. And if you can spend more to acquire them, it's a more, you know, the enterprise value of your company is going to be a lot higher. So if you want to go and exit at some point, you're going to have to deal with this then. So do it now and give
1: yourself a massive competitive advantage. So you had mentioned uh, agencies and, and hiring out your Facebook um, advertising to, to an advertising agency. Yeah. What are some of the things that businesses should be on the lookout for when interviewing potential agencies to run their Facebook ads?
2: Yeah, so my big thing on this is doctors. You might be thinking, what the hell, Nigel? But doctors always listen before they prescribe. Well, good ones do anyway. So it's about how curious they are. It's about the questions that they ask So five years ago, it was really easy to get results for Facebook ads. You could have one media buy room and 10 ad accounts. To get the same results now, it's about 10 times the work. So the biggest trait that you need to look for in a marketer or an agency is a problem solver. Because that means that the person you hire, not only will they figure out what's working now, when things change. They will also figure out the new strategies. And honestly, the best advice I've got, and when everything got really hard after iOS 14 and we had to keep all of our clients, was understanding the macro part of the business. So micro is just what's going on the Facebook ad account, right? That's what Mm -hmm. a media buyer does. Macro is understanding the supply chain is understanding about retail. It's understanding around profit margins, financials. If you understand all of those things, now you understand how what you're doing impacts all of those things. So you can essentially speak to the business owner and the business and put together a strategy which is in line with the overall macro business goals. So the questions that will come from that when you're on a call with an agency, if they're asking you questions around, okay, so this is your hero product. How much stock do you have? You know, how long does it take to ship the product out to a customer? What are the margins on this product? What is your lifetime value? These are the kind of questions that really good marketers ask because they understand the macro impact of your business. And it means that they care about you winning as a business they don't just care about making some money short term
1: off your facebook ads so amazon is you know no no surprise super super popular do you ever for your direct to consumer products do you ever direct them to an amazon store of the products or are you usually sending them to, to companies, company shopify big commerce their, their own their own website
2: Usually it is direct to the websites because obviously the downside of Amazon is you don't own the data, right? So even if it costs you twice as much to send it to the website, you now have that data. And obviously, you know, the long-term value then for the business is a lot higher. Now, having said that, we have done it before because again if you think about the customer journey because amazon has obviously got so much trust of their customers let's say it's a supplement product again and john's checking it out the likelihood of him then going to amazon and checking if the product's there is pretty high and if you don't have your product listed on amazon he will probably go and buy the competitor which means now you basically just paid an advertising cost to get your competitor a customer on, on amazon so we definitely if you know, the brand isn't on Amazon, we recommend them getting listing there. We've tracked in the past, let's just say a company is on Amazon and they're not advertising on Facebook. We've seen the incremental lifts of the spillover from Facebook to Amazon. It is pretty hard to track, but we have seen trends and correlations and we have tested it before where we send them directly to Amazon pages to obviously boost some of the rankings. But honestly, Just using Facebook ads in itself, using Google ads, using TikTok ads, usually that level of awareness automatically over time just, you know, generates a more of a compound effect on all these platforms together. So it really depends on how they look at the data, Andy, but we try and educate
1: them to understand that customer journey. You had mentioned iOS 14. What Changes do you foresee happening with Facebook ads over the the next twelve to eighteen months?
2: Well, Facebook as a business obviously lost a lot of money. They were putting all their eggs in the Metaverse basket, and as we've kind of seen, that didn't really work. Now they've gone more back to their, you know, the focus of what their business model is. So honestly. There's been a lot of problems with the attribution tools. I'm not going to name them. You know, I know some of the guys who work there and the great marketers themselves and business people, but they're having a lot of issues because the data isn't mapping up with what's going on with the sales data. So what I foresee happening is Facebook becomes more and more accurate and we don't need the attribution tools anymore.
1: Now, you had mentioned building uh, three different agencies yeah I'm I'm curious have there been any business books out there that you could attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur
2: Yeah so I actually got one here which is I don't know if you can see that it's called Legacy and it's by James Kerr and essentially it's about do you know the rugby team the All Blacks No okay so the All Blacks are the most successful rugby team ever and they're from New Zealand. Now New Zealand is a very small populated country and even though their population is way smaller than all of their international competitors they still managed to have the most successful rugby team ever. And the reason why is because they built their team culture off principles and values. So there's 15 principles in this book and honestly From the leadership standpoint and just learning how to deal with people, it transformed my life reading this book. And I often go back and refer to it, but it's all about, you know, being humble, hiring people on, you know, the, their principles and their values as people, and then teaching the skills on top, but making sure they have that foundation there and everyone working cohesively as a team. And just these kind of principles, that's the best way to build relationships in business. Um, because at the end of the day, whether it's D2C, whether it's B2B, B, it's all human to human. So when you understand how to work together as a team and, and really build a partnership, That's where you have the best long-term success because you get that trust and respect, which in my opinion is way more important than money in business.
1: You know, that's one of my favorite questions to ask on my podcast. And your answer was one of the best and I have not heard of that book. So I am going to order that. It's amazing.
2: It's, It's really good.
1: Now with your current agency, do you have a favorite success story of a client you could share?
2: Yeah, I do actually. There's a brand called Eczema Honey. And they essentially, as you can tell from the name, they help people solve their eczema issues. And I actually have eczema myself. So how this relationship came about is I've started posting on LinkedIn. You know, I've got like thirty-eight thousand followers, whatever there right now, but I didn't have at the time. And I use this product, and I essentially posted about it organically on LinkedIn just talking about how much I appreciate their marketing, how much they understood the customer because I was the customer. Mm -hmm. And I talked about how it transformed my life. Then the owner reached out to me and essentially we developed a friendship. And then we got to the point where, you know, we started running their marketing and the owner invited me out to help them with their pitch to Walmart at the HQ in Arkansas And that pitch was successful. And now they're in 4,000 Walmart stores. But the real key to this was how that brand owner operates and thinks about his external vendors. So if he's got an event, he will essentially fly out and pay for our flights, all of our team to go out there and be a part of his team and welcome us into his family. Now, let's say that we've got you know, 20 different clients. And obviously I told you the biggest Achilles heel to agencies is resourcing. So extremely smart what he's doing, because obviously now as an agency, who are we going to prioritize? What? Yeah, probably the brand that flew us out to Vegas and pay for all of our hotels and brought us into all these events. And even outside of that, when we were at, for example, um, what's the name of the big retailer? It's slipping my mind now, but one of the big retailers have a big event in Vegas. And we were there, we were talking to all the customers, we were talking to all the store managers and the amount of insights when I talk about that customer research of speaking directly to thousands of customers and hearing their success stories was so invaluable. And then we took that research and we made creatives, that outperformed anything we'd ever done. You know, one video that we did off the back of that, which actually we found that mothers with children who had eczema were the best-selling customers, did 200,000 in revenue in a few weeks. And it was from those insights at those events. Plus the other thing is, we felt then so much more responsibility because all of these marketing agencies, they're all sat behind computers working remotely. They don't actually ever have, you know, the face-to-face interactions with the customers. When you see those face-to-face interactions, when you get customers coming up to you, telling you, honestly, this product has saved my child's life. Like that's once, when that happens a thousand times, the amount of conviction and belief you have in this product to then put that and that kind of energy into the marketing, that is so transformative. So I recommend if any brand owners listening, do that bring the vendors into your company, you know, bring them into your family because the energy that that creates is is something I've never seen before. And it really changed my perspective on business.
1: So who is the the perfect client for working with, with your agency?
2: Yeah, good question. I think it's them, you know, the people who want you to be a part of their journey. Now, outside of that, Honestly, something that just doesn't get talked about, and I think this is because Facebook ads were so easy, and all of these social media platforms and the ad platforms were so easy five years ago that everyone forgot the fundamentals of business, Andy. And the old saying goes, you can't put lipstick on a pig, right? So what I mean by that is if you've got a terrible product, and we try all of these marketing hacks and, you know, human psychology and tips and tricks. But ultimately, the product doesn't change someone's life. There's a shelf life on that. And that catches up. And by the way, I've seen so many brands in this space that were built on marketing hype that now their margins are shrinking. And with the advertising costs going up and the fact that their customers don't talk about them in a, you know, a positive light, and they talk about them in a negative light, now it's really, really catching up to them. So what I'm trying to tell you is, honestly, and even though it might sound quite simple, the best clients are the ones that have the best products.
1: Now, how does your guys' fee structure work?
2: Yeah, so it depends on what we're offering. So we now offer all of the content production. So, you know, we actually find all the creators, do all the scripts and the copywriting for these videos the Mm -hmm. ones that we use in the ad platforms. We also do the media buying and we also offer a little bit of CRO. We actually develop customized landing pages. So we'll have a minimum retainer and that will start at 7,500 a month and it will go up to about 12,500 a month depending on how many creatives, landing pages and stuff are needed. And then we do a percentage of ad spend. So it's either or. So let's just say, for example, it's, you know, $10,000 a month or 10% of ad spend. Then when it gets past a certain amount of spend, let's say it's 200K and above, it will go to like 6% in ad spend. And then we'll tear down because obviously our biggest spenders that are spending, you know, half a million, a million a month, they're not going to be spending, you know, 10% on that million. So we incentivize,
1: we go up. Great. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you? So if you go to our website, you can
2: essentially book in a discovery call. And that's where the first part in our discovery process and actually how two years ago we got some market share is because we have a really, really good audit process. And I know a lot of agencies, they talk about, oh, yeah, we'll do a free audit. What we do in our audit, when we talk about the fundamentals and, you know, I've talked about the CAC and LTV ratio we look at the entire customer journey we review the content we review everything that's going on in the ad account but now and this is the best part we also have a financial cost model where you, we use all of our benchmark data we get all the margins you know all the cost of goods and everything from the company we plug in everything and then we work out what the cost they can, you know, afford to acquire a new customer. Mm -hmm. And then we map out a six to 12 month roadmap. And the reason why we do that, Andy, is because we want to make sure from our side that we're confident we can actually deliver. So, you know, that trust that gets built before we even ever sign a contract to work with these people has dramatically helped us. And that's why most of our customers say once two years. So if you go to our website, you can book in a free discovery. I think it's alphainbound.com forward slash apply. You know, book in a discovery call. Instead of me just talking in big game, we'll show you through action how much we care about the brands we work
1: with. Well, that sounds great. Now, um, speaking of great, I mean, it's been great having you on. You've dropped a ton of knowledge. Um, I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today?
2: Just focus on the fundamentals. There's a lot of tech products out there, especially if there's a Shopify ecosystem. There's a lot of you know marketers that spin a lot of crap. But ultimately, long-term, it's not about what you do. It's how you make your customers feel. And if you have great products, you have a fantastic customer experience, and you give those people, you know, a a life-changing moments that they'll never forget, you will always be okay in business. And I really, really fundamentally believe that. So focus on the fundamentals of business, focus on the customer. And if you do that, you'll have enough profit and you'll have enough cash that no matter what the advertising costs are, you'll always be able to spend. And that's the best strategy for longevity.
1: Well, that's a great final words as well. Well, thanks for joining us today, Nigel. Appreciate it, Andy. Have a great day. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Nigel or Alpha Inbound Digital Marketing, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information, any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next
0: episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast.